Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. All right, Farron, let's let's just cut to the chase on this one. This game is absolutely nothing but uh, a hard, intense third-person shooter that is purely there for the sake of uh, explosions and uh, spectacle, and it absolutely has no alternative uh, alternative motives besides that. It doesn't want you to think about anything uh, about the implications of what war means and foreign in, uh, foreign intervention in domestic affairs, right? You should have turned the volume up, Adam. You should have listened to the dialogue. (laughs) Well, let's get into it. Let's talk today about Spec Ops Align. This was uh, developed by Jaeger and Dark Dark Side Game Studios, published by 2K Games and Missing Link Studios. It's available on Windows, Linux, Mac, uh, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3, and it was originally released on June 26, 2012. This is a fairly gritty third-person shooter uh cover based very jarhead uh esque in its styling but it's designed to go deeper than that really discuss the politics of you know u.s involvement in foreign affairs and the implications of uh of those affairs later on in uh, in time so you you said that you played this in the past uh, i know that unfortunately the, the camera got to you a little bit this time but oh, what, yeah. What were your uh, what were your takeaways from this session of it? Well, going into it, I knew that it was a modern retelling of uh, Heart of Darkness, which is an old novel by Joseph Conrad. Uh, you probably know it by its more recent update, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. So I knew going in, I- I've never read the book, which takes place in the, a river in the Congo uh, in colonial Africa. Obviously, I've, I've seen and I own Apocalypse Now. So I knew going in, this was heavy stuff. They just moved it to, I think it's Dubai they'd moved it to. Um, And, you know, this game is asking you to make a lot of serious moral questions. But what bothered me more, frankly, was the the serious moral things it forces you to do. Mm. You don't have a choice in some cases. And so, you know, things that would be morally reprehensible for, well, a soldier to do, you kind of don't have a choice because it's the game and it's making you do it. Um, I enjoyed the shooting. It, 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 it shoots well, yep. handles very well. It's one of the first really good third-person military shooters to, you know, to really get the handling down. And it was quite the surprise because Spec Ops had been around for a while and it was this really weird, uh, it was sort of meant to be like a competitor to Rainbow Six, like the original games, right? which were like these first-person, highly technical plan out your attack and then go sort of games this was sort of a more loose run around and shoot things a little more like ghost recon i guess yeah. um, and then they went with spec off the, the line and it's like wow you just took a name and put it on something very different but th- not in a bad way like i was very impressed with what this game tried to do i don't think it always manages it but you know the colonel kurtz character and 
you know, which was the Marlon Brando character from uh, Apocalypse Now. Here, it's obviously it's someone different, and instead of the the jungle, it takes place in the desert. But it's it's got that it's got that feeling like right from the beginning. Okay, not right from the beginning. It starts with a freaking helicopter chase. <laughs> um, but after that, when you actually get into the game itself, as you're walking into the into the city after a, I think it's a, uh, a sandstorm yeah. that pretty much buries the city. They don't waste time pretending that it is a Jarhead game, uh, which isn't fair. Jarhead is just a term for Marine, but it's yeah. not a meathead game. It's a, no. it's a serious game with serious moral questions about how does an empire operate in the world, in this case, the United States, and um, how do you deal with people who go off the program? And I like games that dare to make you think we talked about uh bioshock earlier and the same sort of thing yeah they took a shooter but then they made you think god damn it how dare they very very much so they they really put the focus on you know when is it okay to do something that's reprehensible and i mean really they don't ever give you a situation in this game where you do something reprehensible that's got a, a rationally justifiable position but the characters doing it in the game will justify it to themselves as yeah. these are the these are the actions that we need to take in order to um you know secure this this land for these people or to be able to uh extract our own men from this area mm-hmm. or to be able to find out what's going on there's there's always a, a reason and a justification and the first time i played through this game uh, some of it had kind of gone over my head but about I think about 30 minutes into the game, there, there's a scene where you're in a, a massive high-rise building and you wind up in a, in a shootout and you're placed behind a, um, a heavy machine gun turret and the game encourages you to shoot out these walls behind the, the soldiers that you're dealing with and it just completely washes this entire high-rise building up to where you're standing in sand. And through the entire you know, 15 minutes prior to this, you'd been climbing through slums and people's homes and on a, a running gunfight through uh, through where people had just managed to scrape by a living. And it's not it wasn't until I hit that moment that I realized, oh, I I just demolished hundreds of people's homes. And killed them. And yeah, and killed them, them in the sand, process. Yeah. And the soldiers just go, Well, it's it's fine. We've managed to deal with this. We need to get out of here and you've got people screaming at you and you hear women wailing and children yeah. crying and you're going, yeah, we did what we got to do. We got to we got to keep moving now. Yeah. And that was the moment in this game for me that really made me stop and go, oh, oh, this has got something to say. Yeah. You know, this is a game that in the past I've recommended to people who are really big on, yeah, let's go to Afghanistan. Let's go to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Iran. Let's go here. Let's go there. Let's kick some ass. It's like, OK, you need to think seriously about the, the implications of that sort of thing. But I know you like video games, so I'm, you know, I've actually bought this game for a few people and said you like these hardcore games you want to go foreign land and kick ass okay go play this come talk to me and they're never happy yeah with me because like that's bullshit it's like no that's warm like that's yeah. you know and and that's the implications of call that's the other side of call of duty yeah this is that's like the, the anti call of duty very much so very much and, so it doesn't pull any punches it doesn't try and pretend that what you're doing is glamorous people like at the very beginning there's there's someone trying to consistently crack jokes but very soon it becomes very evident that that's not because any there's anything to joke about it's because that's his defense mechanism and how he's dealing with the trauma of what he's had to see and what he's had to do just a an exceptional game 
just just even at just its base components like the base components of moving and shooting very well done and then it takes that step beyond like you said same with bioshock where it does bring in these uh philosophical ideas and questions a lot of a lot of things that we take for granted uh, especially as people who play video games yeah. um who may not think about you know the moral quandaries and uh questions that come along with these actions yeah you know it's funny i'm of two minds because on the one hand it's just a video game let's just play and have fun right like, mm-hmm. if i want to blow up a building so what at the same time i'm a human who lives in the world and i, I remember reading something about this this experimental tank the americans were using and it, and it didn't have any viewports it was all screens and the old tank drivers couldn't use it, so they started grabbing these guys right out of basic training, these young soldiers who'd grown up on video games, mm-hmm. and had them test the damn tank, which they wound up not using. But it was, you know, that's the advantage of a an entire generation that grew up on video games, that they can adapt to this. The disadvantage is, is that instead of hearing the stories from their fathers and grandfathers about the horrors of war, to them it's glamorized. It's, it's Hollywood and it's video games and look i play these games i mean we've joked that i'm i'm the human cuisinart in some of these games i kill people by the hundreds but it's important to also understand the implications of what you're doing there's a positive and there's a negative you know the u.s was a few weeks ago fired at what they thought was a viable target in kabul and wound up killing a family Mm -hmm. some guy pulled the trigger he or she has to live with that you know, uh, there were spec ops guys on the ground lazing that target. They got to live with that. They misidentified a target. All these sorts of things. And that's not to say yay or nay for any political. I'm, I'm not getting political here. It's just there are real implications to what happens in the world when you send scary guys with guns who do terrible things to protect you. It's not cut and dry. No. And games like this are important. The same way Bioshock is important because even if for that one second it says to the gamer, hey man, pay attention. Call of Duty is a fantasy when this is not. It's still a fantasy, let's be honest, but it's sure. It's a fantasy that forces you to think, and I respect the hell out of it. Even if I probably can't play it anymore because the, the motion was just, it's just the way the camera is set up. I can't play it, which is too bad because man, I had a lot, I, I won't KO. I had fun, but I also learned a lot when I played it the first time. And I, you know, I think it's important to say I learned a lot. And that's that's a that's an immense thing to be able to say about a game. This game taught me something worthwhile. It was the game we did. You you made me play it. Uh, Wars the war is mine. Oh, uh, this war of mine. This war of mine. Same sort of thing, yeah. right? A game that makes you look. You know, yes, it's a game, and you'll and you'll you'll entertain you, but it'll also learn something. And. I'm glad we cover games like this. It always seems to be you throwing them at me, but uh, <laughs> you know, people are going to think I'm the I'm the unintellectual meathead of the group. We like to shoot things, but you know, <laughs> I respect games like this. I really do. I, I yeah, I do as well. It's something that's it's always been important to me because well, you you put it really well. Like we've gone through games in the past. Like we talked about uh, Satellite Rain, where we discussed how many people we were mowing down in the in the span of minutes. Yeah, um, it was just with no thought. We even went to the point where we we identified the main characters that we were playing as. It's like they're nobody. They've got a name, but they're not actually a character. Yep. If they die, they're replaced. Yep. And I think that it's very important to balance out games like that mm-hmm. with games like Spec Ops: The Line, Bioshock, This War of Mine, to really. Uh, and it's crummy that you need to do this, but sometimes you really do need that reminder that the things that you're seeing on screen 
are entirely non-representative of reality and every yeah. every person is a person who lived a life regardless yeah. of of what it is now that's not to take away from the fact that it's fun to get into satellite rain and have your clown car going around where you're absolutely mowing down everybody yeah. but um it, it's it's just one of those things in life where you know you need to strike a balance and i think that this was yeah. um these these games are an important important part of that yeah and it's a it's an older game so you can mm. play it on whatever if you got a if you got a gaming rig of any sort that you've been playing shooters on yeah you can play this one no problem yeah this uh, is it, this it was, was just, a what did this game came out again uh, 2012 yeah 2012, 2012. yeah this, this is a this is a approaching 10 year old game yeah. so yeah go go nuts yeah exactly you i know mean, you can play it it was running on the 360 or the PS3. If you can run games from that era on your on your PC, then you can absolutely go for this one. And yep. I highly encourage you to, even if it's just to pick it up on Steam for 15 bucks. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Run it on medium settings. If you got a, a lower end rig, and just get through the game. There's yeah, learn something. Yeah, yeah there there's a moment, and you know what? Even if you even if you miss every single moment in the game where you're supposed to stop and think about what you've done. There's a moment right towards the end, sort of um, right just before like the absolute peak of the action where you've got a loading screen and it's it's a mandatory loading screen. And the only thing that it says at the bottom in the tooltip where it's normally been telling you, oh, you need to make sure to reload your guns and press this button to sprint. All it says is, do you feel like a hero yet? Yeah. I, 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 that's wow. I, I've never encountered that, but that's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, unfortunately, you're not going to be coming back to this. I think that I, I play, yeah. I play this game once every, every couple of years or so just to kind of come back and, and remember it. But, uh, I think that about wraps it up for us. So yeah. there it is. There it is. Adam, would you like to fight a pseudo World War II with magic? Um, yes. Cool. Let's do the one of the most popular strategy titles to come out of Japan that no one's ever freaking heard of, called Valkyria Chronicles One through Four. The first one came out in two thousand eight. They're developed and published by Sega, and this was initially a PS three game. Valkyria Chronicles Two and Three were PSP only, and Valkyria Chronicles Four is. A PS, like it's a PC game. That's where I'm playing the fourth one. Um, but it's also, I think it's on Android. And d depending on which game you're talking about, it's available on the Xbox One. The Switch has it. Oh, wow. uh, iOS and Android and, you know, you name it, you can play it. Um, all four games are the same. They play the same. The story is different, but they play the same. Which okay. is that it's Europe, but it's not. It's World War II, but it's not. The names are different, but it's World War II. There are Jews, but they're not called that. They look a little different, but whatever. Yeah. The idea is simple. It tells a bad anime-esque soap opera story about a unit in combat. And each sort of each combat scenario starts with a map. And it looks like a hand-drawn map. You choose your characters who come in various, you know, there's the medic and there's the engineer and so forth and so on. You have access to tanks, all these sorts of things. You place your guys there. 
And then each player has a certain amount of energy. You expend that by moving or aiming or doing other things. You move all your characters, he moves all his characters. You also have these badges. Each badge is activating a character. And so you could, if you have four badges, you could activate the same character four times. So you get less time slash energy allocated each time. So you get diminishing returns. But if you get the guy only halfway to a place and he's not in cover, you could spend that extra badge and get him behind cover. Yeah. And you can take away badges by like killing enemy sergeants and things like that, which is always handy. And you play these scenarios out that have, you know, it's war. So you have various objectives. You might have to just kill everyone or take this point or defend this or whatever. The tanks are, I don't know how to describe it. They're way more than World War II tanks. Yeah. And they have this special energy thing in the back that if you shoot at, you can blow it up with a rifle. And it's not quite magic. It's kind of a weird energy thing that has to do with some sort of mineral. And it, yeah. it, it, it's World War II, the way Command and Conquer is modern day. <laughs> Tiberium, yeah. it's that kind of weirdness. That's a very um, good way of putting that, yeah. And the stories are awful, but the game plays super well. And, you know, in between missions, you can train your guys up and you can pay to... Because you get, you get XP points and whatever... Um, and you can upgrade your weapons and upgrade your characters and their training and their skills and then there's more soap opera bullshit to watch and and that sort of thing and uh the thing is it's kind of interesting like this is a japanese game envisioning the second world war from a european standpoint because obviously their experience in world war ii was really different yeah um, a little bit of the other side of that coin yeah so they're trying to it's a little weird it reminds me a little of uh of a psp jrpg called jean d'arc which imagined Joan of Arc as a fantasy game. Okay. And it's super fucking weird. Great game, but really, really <laughs> weird. Part of me wants to do it for this, but it's just too weird. It's a tactical RPG, but it's weird. It's sort of like, if you ever seen that really awful Keanu Reeves movie, 47 Ronin, which is based on an actual historical event, but they included like fantasy. It's like Europe, American Hollywood writers trying to do Japanese fantasy and real Japanese stories. This is like the opposite of that. This is Japanese trying to do like the war in the West in Second World War. And it doesn't quite work. Um, but if you can sort of suck it up and deal with the story, you play a really good game. And the whole thing looks hand drawn. Mm -hmm. Like it was drawn with pencil crayons. And the music is super good. And it plays super well. It's a single player game. I played the first one. I kept bouncing up against the same mission, gave up. Valkyria Chronicles 4 is a great game, and it looks great. The second and third one are PSP games only, but they're the same damn game, so you're not missing anything. But this game, in apparently in Japan, is super popular. Like, there's an there's an anime cartoon, and there's manga, and the whole nine yards. Like, people just run with this. I didn't know it was that popular. Yeah. Had you ever even heard of this game before I recommended it? Actually, yeah. I, uh, I, I owned Valkyria Chronicles for probably about six seven years now just on for steam what system for steam okay yeah. steam yeah um i think i'd put like yeah let's see i'd put 11 hours into it before we oh. before we played it for this so okay. it wasn't something that i was like a diehard about but i put a chunk of time into it and i enjoyed it uh, i was actually really surprised when i saw that you put this on the list because you were just so you know on the record not a not a big fan of the anime art style really not <laughs> but you so know what I, this yeah. this is this is hand drawn and it's just so it's just different yeah um that's what it, but sorry carry on well i i was just i was really surprised and i've like i said i i played a good chunk of this and you're absolutely correct it plays incredibly well it's a great feel on a on a controller uh it's its design is simple and it scales well with complexity it 
incorporate some of those fantasy elements where you've got this hyper advanced engine for these tanks that's got this weird exhaust coming out the back that you shoot yeah like you'd mentioned you shoot it with a rifle and the tank slows down um it blows up (laughs) oh yeah yeah but like it's it's a fantastically designed game as long as you're good with anime style (laughs) style graphics and anime style writing yeah Uh, if, if you can move beyond that then i yeah it's a fantastic strategy game you played it with a controller. It's interesting because, yep. of course, I did when I originally played this on the uh, PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. But when I came to PC, I played it with a mouse. And, oh, my God, does that make a difference? Because it's not quite turn-based. If you putz around, the bad guy will shoot at you. Mm-hmm. So y- using a mouse and keyboard for aiming, it makes the game so much easier to control. Okay. Um, Oh yeah, go back and play it with a mouse and keyboard. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you can play it. You can play it with a controller, but they Sega really put some effort into adapting this for the PC. I'm super impressed. Okay. It's not a shitty port. It's a really, really good port. And Valkyria Chronicles, Valkyria Chronicles Four, is an even better. Like they, they, they put that much more effort into it. It was not a cheap turnaround product. And as much as anything else, that impresses me that Sega said, you know what? We have these games. They're highly regarded. We're going to put them on a PC, but we're going to do it seriously. We're going to put a real effort into making, into doing it well. And it, it's great. Like I'm, because, look, we've all seen ports. We look at this and go, why did they bother? Like, what, <laughs> what the hell? Here they, there was, remember, there was a point in the, mid 2000s and into the mid 2010s where it was very obviously wow this is a console port that they put five minutes mm-hmm. of effort into gee whiz you know really they took the xbox 360 or the xbox one port and made it available for windows because that's really all the xbox is anyway it's a windows machine yeah. um and this is not that like they were in 2008 it was a, you know it was a console game but a few years later when they put it out on steam they put in the effort and good on them you know, I sort of wonder whether they'll do Valkyria Chronicles 2 and 3, move them from the PSP to the PC, but then they have to operate everything. Because those are handheld yeah. systems. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to probably do a lot of redesign on that just to be able to get it from a, yeah. a PSP screen too. You'd be able to run on just a, a 1080 screen, forget about all the people who want it in 4K. Yeah. Um I, it would almost I would almost expect that they would just do a remake of it and just bundle two and three together um have it be sort of like their b team just yeah uh, it's possible i haven't it heard anything you know, it's the problem with it's the nature of japanese developers they don't talk yeah. to the english press so suddenly they announce a game and then they announce well we have a trailer for it and they announce it's out and that's it like it's not the back and forth that you get with a european or north american or you know or south american for that matter um De- developer where there's a dialogue yeah. uh japanese developers will tell you when it's done and you will buy it and then, yeah you know um, i mean like, there there are some exceptions to that but on the whole like a lot of our information that we get about uh japanese games comes from you know japanese media that then gets translated over to english and it winds up rare. being a whole thing yeah well the valkyria chronicles is a perfect example no one knew it was coming out until they made the announcement hey right. this is coming out next week like wait what <laughs> and so everyone ran and bought this game and went holy shit they did a great job on this like they they really put in the effort to to do a proper port and again valkyria chronicles 4 they did that much more it's that much better um yeah i'm just and I'm I, having I a look at it. it here oh yeah i can see why i'm, I'm having a look at it and it looks just so 
so much more detailed. And I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, it still maintains that that hand drawn style. It's prettier. And, it's just much oh, more. It's just much better looking. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've had what that was released in in 2014, as opposed to uh, Chronicles was released in what 1920. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. When, I, I, I'll be honest. I only looked when the first one was done. I didn't look when the other ones were done. But Valkyria Chronicles 4 has been, has been around on Steam for a while. And I eventually just sucked it up. I bought it on Steam sale. Mm -hmm. Man, was it worth it. Yeah, I believe you know? it. it. It looks fantastic. And I, from what I can see, they've, they've added a whole lot more into it. And yeah, I, it's, it's enough for me just looking at it to go, yeah, okay, you know what? I'll probably wind up going out and picking up 4 the next time I see it on sale. Yeah. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see this game, or maybe Valkyria Chronicles 5, have a multiplayer component. I'd like to take you on in a turn-based battle like this, mm -hmm. because it, it wouldn't be as, it, you wouldn't need an especially impressive internet connection. No. Right, because it's turn-based. But the Japanese, they're, they're just not big on, multipla on multiplayer the way we are here, which mm -hmm. is weird because they're such a wired culture, but they tend to say, no, this is single player. And that's the way it is. And that's the way it'll all, always ever be. Yeah. But man, these games, like they just, again, the story is, is typical anime soap opera. And you just go, Oh God, you know, there's like, there are characters that I purposely put in danger to kill them because I didn't <laughs> want to hear their dialogue anymore. Unfortunately, they never actually get killed. They just get dragged off. But yeah, you know, like they don't shy away. Like there was one character in the original who was a flat out racist. She was an anti-Semite. I mean, they're not called Jews. There's something else from the first game. I can't, you know, you know, you know the, the character I'm talking about, right? Yeah. They are the Jews of this land. And one of the the engineers, and I should be clear, the engineers have <laughs> have bazookas that are shaped like medieval jousting lances yeah. that they fire. <laughs> and they're ridiculous, but they're awesome. And one of the characters, she's your most effective engineer no the lancers are called lancers sorry yeah. Yeah. engineers fix things the lancers she's your most effective lancer but she's a vile racist and it's like i i like i almost want to bring her into battle level one and just get her run over by a tank because she's she's vile but i appreciate that the character that the writers were willing to go there there are characters who are gross who are sexist who are racist who are whatever and that's the nature of fighting in a war where you can shoot great come here like it's yeah. you know what i mean like it's it's um in american war movies there's always the guy from brooklyn and the guy from the farm and the guy from the south and the native dude and the black dude you know like there's always that even in even in the second world war they always portrayed the the, the american squad as like this sort of this multicultural we're all in this to defeat hitler and this is kind of like the Japanese attempt to do that, but they don't really know how to do that because they're a monoculture and we're definitely not. And yeah. so they come up with some weird combinations and you go, what the hell? But you accept it for what it is and it's a, the gameplay is really good and it's not quite anime because it's all hand-drawn. Like I said, everything looks like it was drawn in a book, which of course was the theme of the first game, which is that Welkin, is that the name of the character yeah, from the Welkin. first game? Yeah. He uh, He's a biologist, he's a field biologist who sketches a lot. So I think that's kind of the idea that you're almost looking at his sketchbook as he wrote about the war and they just kept the uh, the theme. Yeah. But everything looks like it was drawn with a collection of pencil crayons. And I love it, I think it's great. 
absolutely so. agree the the aesthetic that they went with for that even even down into the into the action gameplay itself where the the images kind of blur to the edges of the yeah. of the screen and they then fade sort out of, they, yeah. yeah they they fade to like this parchment texture in the background and it very much does look like everything is just a still capture of a drawing from a from a book that somebody made you forgot and... the comic book sound effects where you, uh, yes. fire, you fire the machine gun and you hear rat tat tat and you yes. see on the screen rat tat tat or yes. boom but it's never comical the way it was like in batman 66 that television show but in some ways it's like a manga yeah yeah very much so but in a way that i thought was very cool yeah i think it was i think it was done tastefully it blended yeah. a lot of different styles uh it was you know, it's it's made to try and be as appealing to as many people as possible, and I think that they did a really good job of it. Yeah, despite the creepy anime aspects, like the girls going into into battle with like short short mini skirts, like what the fuck? But <laughs> you know, it, it, I look at that, and go, oh come on! But whatever. If you can get past that, like it got close to choke to to be choking on my uh, my anime dislike, but mm -hmm. I've always managed to hold on just enough to play the next mission, and I really enjoyed it. So. You know, go pick this up. You're, it's a little bit like Spec Ops. It's an older game. The spec demands are really low. Yeah. Like the, it does not require a lot of horsepower. If you can run a PlayStation 3 game, you can run the Valkyria Chronicles 1 or 4. Pick this game up. You, look, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But I, it's different. I like different. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there's any takeaway to be had from the last couple of episodes, I think it's that we enjoy different styles of yeah. games. Yeah. And I, I absolutely agree. You know, this is this is one that, like I said, I've had it for ages now. I, I'll go back to every now and again and kind of poke at it. Um, it's not something that deeply sucks me in, but I enjoy it as a well-done game with fantastic controls, beautiful styling, and absolutely wonderful music. So. Yeah, great game. Good gameplay is great. It's all pretty great. Oh, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so there it is. There it is.